This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking an American pickle. Hold the sauerkraut. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We stepped together in the river. We traded fever on turmoil. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies via mostly spoiler for review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 414. 414? Four, 414? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's been a while since we did the last one. I guess I didn't remember that it was 413 last time. Yeah, well, been a while. I guess uh, we had a, a special bonus in the, in the middle. You had a bonus in the middle. I think hey. you missed. I think you missed. Yeah, you missed the one before also. So you. So you. Okay, were, that's why. That's I'm why. Like, so it's been a minute 12. since you've heard the number. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Well, this Problem week. Solved. Yes. <laughs> this week, four four one four. We're talking an American pickle, the uh, the first original <laughs> film release from to the max, and uh, joining us to discuss American pickle, an American pickle. We have from Slash Film. Much like Peter Piper, he picked a peck of pickled peppers. It's Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. <laughs> Brad, how you, I'm, I'm glad I got that in one, by the way. I'm putting that on the record. I did not have to do this over again. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Brad, how, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad, you know, just uh, wishing movie theaters were open in a safe way uh, and people weren't dying and things were better in a variety of ways. It, it was great last year, wasn't it? Gosh, it was. I think almost any year it was. It was great, except for this year. You guys remember when we were complaining about like 2012? Yeah. Oof. Oof. That that was a bad movie. Yes, this is true too. Yeah. And the year. I remember how 2012 came and the world didn't end, and they were like, "Oh, it's just I eight know, years late. Know. That's all." The Mayans. We were like, "Oh, the Mayans were right. Maybe not." They just didn't round. They didn't carry the one in their in their calendar. Yeah. No. They're like, no, 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 we're we're doing it in dog years, so you have to add like seven or eight more years. We're like, oh, 2020. Well, that's <laughs> enough anthropology humor. Let's get to the show. Let's um, <laughs> let's get to some show notes. Uh, let's see. First up, new commentary track is coming literally tomorrow from the day of this recording. We're going to record our commentary track for the month. It is for Enter the Dragon, the Bruce Lee film, of course. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. We have many of the regulars on for that. We've all been watching the uh, Bruce Lee films on the new Criterion release, so we're all very ready <laughs> to go and talk about Bruce Lee movies. Uh, so yeah, that should be fun. That's going to be up on iTunes. Uh, speaking of which, iTunes reviews and ratings. You can go there and uh, search for our show out now there in your name. Give us an iTunes review and a rating. That'd be great. Five stars only, please. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Pump us up in the, in the iTunes charts. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's uh let's move on. Let's get to let's get to uh, our uh, our other favorite segment in light of this year. What we would have talked about this week. Uh, this is where we go over what movie we would have talked about were coronavirus not to have changed everything about this year, and uh, a bit of an odd one this week because it's August, so movies weren't like even like many weren't even advertising at this point because it was so mm-hmm. far away. So technically, we would have talked about a movie called Infinite, which is an Anton Fuqua film starring Mark Wahlberg. And I think Kumail, right? Brad, am I right about it? You know that? I think Kumail's in that one, right? Uh, I'm actually not sure because I, like, I vaguely remember hearing about Infinite and it was like the first time I'd heard about it and then I kind of just checked out of it. Yeah, it's since moved to May and I have, like, no other information on it besides it being, like, a sci-fi film. Um, So I will say, because we skipped last week doing this, 
Why did I think Chameleon? It's Jason Manzukis. That's who's in it. For some reason, I, <laughs> I knew it was like some funny guy. One, I knew, one of those comedians. I, I knew it was one actor. of the funny people. Like, yeah, it's Jason Manzukis. He's the one that's in it with. Uh, with I was Paul like, Robert. maybe he's thinking about Toby Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I constantly confuse Chameleon, Nanjani, Toby Jones, and Jason Manzukis. They just blend yeah. together. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Very like, beardy people. <laughs> famously, famously beardy people. Camille Nanjani and Toby Jones. Um, but okay, so it's, since we skipped last week, and now there's a bigger movie that was supposed to come out last week, it was Morbius. The wow, the uh, Jared Leto starring, much desired Spider-Man villain spinoff movie, um, where Jared Leto would play Morbius, the living vampire. We had a trailer a few a while back for this mm-hmm. were either of you excited to see morbius brad were you excited for morbius no <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm only I'm curious very quickly as well i was also not excited <laughs> i'm only vaguely curious just because i'm interested how it ties into the spider-man universe since michael keaton is in it um as uh adrian tombs so kind of just just very intrigued to see how that works <laughs> Mm-hmm. You, like you want to know if Tom Hardy as Venom would show up at the end and in a post-credit scene saying, "I want to talk to you about the Turd Ball Initiative," and like then bite somebody's head off. Well, yeah, I was exactly. Hoping it would be Woody Harrelson, but or or Topher Grace. Yes. Topher Grace. Yeah. Topher Grace. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I uh, I can't say I had much interest either. That first trailer looked like a kind of a mad libs of insert this actor into this plot about you know becoming the hero of sorts but he has a twist and all that and uh yeah i uh, and the despite the thrilling audience appeal of jared leto starring in a movie i just i, I wasn't really mustering up the strength and obviously we didn't have a a comic-con where jared leto came out like you know with a 30 seconds to mars reunion to convince audiences to go see this movie or something so i mean there's just not a lot yet to build me towards wanting to see this anymore than um you know we would have but it'll come out i think that you also brought it up during the original trailer talk Uh where you're like oh it's jared leto and a mustache at the end there i was like yeah that looks i know that that's true to the comics but that is like ridiculous and uh that's a no for me dog (laughs) (laughs) morbius is currently scheduled to come out march i believe next year so uh perfect timing yeah we'll we'll see um all right at that time yeah uh let's uh let's move on let's get to let's do it guys let's get to our main review for an american pickle in old country of schlupska i am ditch digger as far as jobs in schlupska it's pretty good we are the greenbounds and we have american dreams I find good job in Pico Factory. Sara, I make this vow. One hundred years, our family will prosper. And then one day, everything changed. It's been one hundred years. The pickle brine preserved him perfectly. Get too old to do that. The world has changed. Everyone I know is gone. You were able to track down a great grandson. Greenbaum. Greenbaum. <laughs> this is nuts. Walk past the cafe, but you don't need when you live to. Your parents, where are they? They passed away. It was a car crash. He will tell me everything of their deaths, how their bodies died, their faces as the life left. We will bond over our pain. Mm-hmm. Oh no!
All right, that should have been some of the trailer for An American Pickle. If you were not already aware, Seth Rogen is Jewish. An American Pickle really wants to play up that <laughs> fact by casting him as Herschel Greenbaum, an early 20th century Jew who leaves his small shtetl with his wife to make for a more promising go of it in America. Wouldn't you know it, one day Herschel falls into a vat of pickles, which is immediately sealed up, preserving him for a hundred years. When he is then released from his brine prison only to discover the world of 2020 Brooklyn. Staying with his great-grandson Ben, also played by Rogan, Herschel attempts to live the American dream of the modern age. The film would have been a theatrical release, but ended up, as I mentioned, on HBO Max being its first original film release. Brad, was this a sweet or sour pickle? Uh, I thought it was very sweet. I was actually very impressed by uh, this movie. I think it's really charming. Uh, I was worried that the PG-13 rating might hold back some of the of Seth Rogen's comedic antics, since I feel like he works best in an R-rated comedy environment. Uh, but this movie is much um, sweeter and has, I, I guess, more of a, um, I don't know, uh, an emotional backbone than I was anticipating. And I, I felt like uh, it really pulled the heartstrings more more than I anticipated. Abe, how about you? What did you think of an American pickle? I think that it was okay. I, I'm probably going to be in the most middle of this, uh, maybe among the three of us. I'm not sure. But I think that there's a lot of things that I I had previously conceived of a Seth Rogen time-traveling type movie to be. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't go that way because I think that you're right, Brad. It's, it is much more... Uh, it's more familial and more more sweet than you would think that it is. And he plays Herschel more straight than you think that he would play Herschel or, you know, given the Seth Roganness of it. There are times where it does get a little bit wonky and out of the out of the way or like like ridiculous. But for the most part, it's it's pretty much a straight laced movie about family and um, ultimately about religion um, and how that that drives through um, the bloodlines. But. As a movie, I think that there's actually just a lot of different things that are going here that they're just like throwing against the wall and making ideas because you see cameos from a lot of different comedians and they never really like they're funny in the moment that they're in there, but they're never really um, out and out like adding to the plot severely. But um, like I think it's definitely OK if I'm going to get my rating super early, it definitely would be like an HBO max type of rating. Um, so it, it's appropriately placed where it is. I quite enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I, I understand some of its shortcomings that we can get to, but I think key to it as far as why this particular Rogan project works is, and uh, Brad, you kind of mentioned it like the, the not necessarily like the fact that it's PG 13, but that it's, it's it limits itself as far as what it's trying to accomplish. I mean, if you mentioned like some cameos here or there, it was like there's not many supporting characters. It's Rogan yeah. versus Rogan for most of this movie. Definitely made the game hard. And as a and as a res <laughs> and as a result, I kind of like that it got away from having you know at Rogan versus another actor trying to out improv each other. If you know what I mean. Right. There's not a like, and I what, what can I? Maybe there are a bunch of just alternate takes of Rogan doing different Rogan lines to Rogan. Um, but regardless, what I'm seeing on screen is a film that doesn't feel like it's trying to riff a whole bunch. And I'm, yeah, I mean, there's lines, there are very funny lines and the things that you know you typically see. But I, I liked more that it was a movie that's really about these characters. It is a very character-based comedy, and Rogan is very good in here. He's good enough to make me not like keep thinking about the fact that he's playing both parts. I was convinced that he was this character and I was convinced that he was this other character. I was thinking about how 
and it's pretty you know it's we, we have the technology it's a, it's pretty easy to make a you know a movie where two one person plays two people on the same screen we've been doing that for a while now um but it's still like i was convinced Wait, that there you are mean two army hammer doesn't have a twin brother i was convinced no he just hides him in the cellar uh, <laughs> i i was just um <laughs> I, I was just happy to be convinced that there's these are two separate characters on screen and watching them interact and whatnot like it, it proved to be quite funny to me. I, I think yeah, the, I actually yeah. yeah I thought Seth Rogen was really good as Herschel. There were times when yeah. I would forget that it was even Seth Rogen in that mm-hmm. role. You know, like the mm-hmm. the beard does a nice job of creating a stark contrast between um, him and Ben. Yeah, but it w- it was just a very great performance that didn't feel like it was exaggerated in a comedic way he played it straight and i think that's what makes it work so well yeah he yeah. also plays ben pretty straight as well i mean like yeah ben for is, sure he's like, he's like not a i i you know he he's a hipster in brooklyn kind of thing but he's also not a jerk and he's also like not a partier so it's not as though he's taking herschel to like nightclubs and whatever he's a programmer he's a developer he's an app developer right so i'm, I'm glad that they like aaron to your point i mean it, it's great that Rogan is kind of like um, kind of shying away from what he previously was doing, because, yes, there are times where there probably is like extra takes with Yorma Tacom and just like doing and saying stupid things. But they just don't use those takes. And I was, I was appreciative of that. Well, because like the heart's in the right place, like you mentioned, Brad. I mean, this is a movie that and you mentioned, Abe, too. It's like it's a movie about family. It's about it. And it, it does in a way celebrate Judaism to some degree. It's a very, there's a, there's a lot of Jewishness going on. Uh, I'll say it. <laughs> and I like, and I was watching this with my dad actually. And it was like, this is actually a nice father son movie to watch as far as two Jews watching Seth Rogen yeah, Jew it up. Uh, he enjoyed it. He, he, okay. he winced when I told him the premise and then, but then he watched it with me and he's like, actually that was pretty good. <laughs> so he enjoyed the movie. Um, mainly because when you say falls into a vat of pickles and gets preserved for a hundred years, you're kind of, yeah, I can understand. Not speaking, everyone's speaking, speaking of it. speaking of which, I love the, the way yeah. they handle they handled that with yes. the, when they're like, "How does this even happen?" And it's like, "Well, he, scientists explain, and it makes sense, and everybody yeah. understands." <laughs> with like a shot of the audience nodding in approval. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Everyone's, like, everyone's like, "You know what? It makes sense scientifically." <laughs> that, that, that was maybe that was a good joke. Um, this also so has John to... Whalen, by the way. He, he got out of he got out from under the stairs and he survived. Yeah. <laughs> That's... That's a that's a very specific Sean Whalen joke. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I it does have some of my like so going into this that uh, the trailers do a good job because they don't sell you anything after the basic setup of this movie. Like mm, you don't really know funny. where it's going, and um, and I'm not gonna say it's entirely unpredictable, but some of my favorite style of joke humor is the idea of setting up someone to fail only for them to succeed even greater than they they thought they would. And that happens like a bunch. And yes, I kind of see, you kind of see it coming every time, but it kept making me laugh in terms of making Herschel into this kind of Forrest Gump or, and I've been calling it Jewish being there with Peter Sellers. I really love the movie being there as far as like (laughs) someone that a kind of fish out of water that just gains immediate success despite having no experience whatsoever. Uh, That's, kind of what keeps happening in this movie and it kept making me laugh like i was happy like there are ways you could explore a night an early 19th century jewish man existing in modern day brooklyn and like really delving into that but this is not that movie it wants to really mm-hmm. pick and choose the things it goes for and i i enjoyed it like i there is a it's pretty loose on that like there's certainly sure there's a lot of dark things you could deal with as far as 
a Jew missing out on a lot of history and then coming up now, and they don't really go that direction. The movie's too sweet for that. And I, even though it gets kind of spy versus spy eventually, as far as the kind of antics that are going on, but I still, I just, I liked that it had a kind of softer tone for the movie. It was especially in like a year like this, where it's like I need to like level a bunch of heavy stuff on the Jewish man that woke up in the 20th century or the 21st century. Yeah, all of a it, it's as if like you know Steve Rogers was Jewish and he didn't take super serum. He just like fell into like a vat of pickles and then he wakes up. And he's like, this is probably what Captain America would be doing at that time. I right. was I was surprised that they um and and it was refreshing in a way that they didn't lean into a lot of the of like Ben trying to explain everything yeah. to Marshall yes. about about how yeah. things are in modern day and making you know satirical observations about it. I, I did get a little concerned that it felt like it was veering into a movie that was going to become about criticizing um like uh, our political scene and like how mm-hmm. you know some seemingly terrible people with poor ideas can become you know. Right. politicians who make an influence and thankfully it, it veered away from that pretty quickly it was just a small part of it um but yeah because that's what i was expecting i actually didn't even watch the trailer for this i um i just watched the movie and so i, I wasn't entirely sure where it was going and i liked seeing this you know almost looney tunes-esque battle yeah you know, mm-hmm. you know uh, form but it uh yeah it, it did it it just has such a nice you know sweet moral backbone to it you know and i just i i appreciated that it, it like we talked about before, you know, it kind of reserved itself from doing what they could have done because there could have right. been so so many jokes that were just, you know, done for like inappropriate, you know, comedy and things like that of Herschel discovering New York in modern day. And they just they really kept it character based. And like there's not even, you know, uh, you know, whenever Rogan is movie, it feels like there's all these places where, you know, um, Abe, you kind of alluded to this, too, where there's like alternate takes and like yeah. constant, you know, lines that, that are just running right. back and forth and really quick witted stuff. And the characters felt, I think, a little more real because they weren't like hitting the comedy super hard. Yeah. I also I also appreciated that it wasn't about you. You talked about the political stance. I, I appreciate that it wasn't about like how dumb millennials are or like how lame we are. Like we're just attached to our phones kind of thing. So yeah. Like, I'm glad that there was no message like that where it's just, Hey man, it's about Herschel and, and Ben trying to make it together and trying to understand where each other come from. Um, and it's not about like technology is amazing and New York has changed so much and yada, yada, yada. It's like, Nope, it's pretty much a straight uh, character story. The, the satire really only comes at like cancel culture. Like that's what it really wants to point out to some degree. And even then it's, you know, it's it's a it's a sweet movie that has more on its mind as far as the characters it wants to explore like you've said so it yeah. it doesn't it, it doesn't try to brush up too hard against like the the various modern ideas that could be you know scrutinized in some way because it's it's it has such a different direction it wants to take yeah and, and i i appreciated that because it you get to like certain when it gets to like a without getting too far into it but it, when it gets to towards its you know end parts and you kind of discover more about what makes Ben tick and what what Herschel is after and what they can bond over like there's meaning there because you've spent so much time like dealing with these guys as ridiculous as some of the shenanigans are it, it has a nice way of kind of folding into itself as far as being something that has a little bit bit of depth in it on a on a more personal level as opposed to sure. and this is what culture's like now and you know right so it, it's, I, I, it's nice I do want to say that they do still make fun of some culture like oh for sure fourteen dollar pickles not do it. <laughs> and and you know like uh you know streaming it and become like uh Instagram famous kind of thing 
Um, but it's done and it ha- it's, that's not the main light, which I, I found funny. I also found funny that um, even after he gets like the health inspection thing, he still uses like dirty rainwater to make his pickles uh, or just like dirty water in general. I'm just like, you did it, Herschel. You did it. I um the movie's written by Simon Rich, who it's based off a, a novella but from from him and he adapted it for this. And he's uh, he's behind uh, Miracle Workers and um what's the other show? The one with Jay Baruchel. A um, uh, man seeking woman, which is awesome. Woman. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, something about both of those shows is like there's a mix of absurdism as well as sweetness, and I do think that's yes. very evident here. Uh, yeah. And um, you and I have talked about the first season of Miracle Workers and how like off the wall, but also very sincere that it, it is mm-hmm. as well. So I I, I wasn't that surprised. And that, that second season also does that quite well. I, I'm only two, two episodes in. <laughs> She's a doctor now. <laughs> um, and I'll also mention Brandon Troust is the director. I, I was like, what? He's, uh, when I pre- came up with his credits, I was like, Brandon Troust? What the? He's previously been the cinematographer for pretty much every recent Rogan, like all their films that they that he and uh-huh. Gold, Evan Goldberg have directed, um, as well as just many of the that set of like the the neighbors yeah. films for example or what have you and uh, i mean i'm not going to say this is the most visually dynamic film but like having an old timey look and the 4 by 3 ratio for the opening scenes in in uh, in, sh- in sh- was it schlup 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 uh you know it it does the job it does the job of creating a sense of atmosphere before like moving into the modern age and you know yeah. opening up the frame and everything like there's i mean there's i was just gonna say point. like oh dude that's uh that's jason trust's family <laughs> so the, yeah no yeah I mean, it's oh, jason the yeah, trust yeah, brothers are yeah, we're, as we're big fp fans on this podcast yes yeah. it's, it's jason trust's brother. we just talked about the fp too right uh, beats of rage I do want to give a, a shout out to sarah snook um she's only in the movie for a short amount of time but she's a really good actress <laughs> And I think that there's like a part where I was like, oh, wow, she's she's kind of like uh, doing a really good job here of making me feel emotionally connected to them. But also uh, um, I also just like the part where she does not blink when there's like some some blood splatter on her face. She sells the romance of being picked up by eating fish. So, you know, that, <laughs> that works. Hey, man, if you want something, go after it, I guess. Uh, other thoughts on, uh, on American Pickle? I mean. If you said you're kind of more middling on it, but did you find well, the film I was funny? Ask you guys, like, did you guys have any sort of nitpicks as well? I just want to ask you. I would want to ask you. Did you find the film like funny? Like over? Like I, I I've been seeing various reactions to it. Some people think yeah, it just falls I mean, kind of flat, but I, I thought it was just right. pretty consistently entertaining in my mind. Yeah, it wasn't that it was not entertaining. I think it's just more that uh, as we talked about and we alluded to, there's a lot of um, spy versus spy type stuff, uh, and that is okay but at the same time i think that there was just um the way that it sort of sets up the premise in the first 20 some odd minutes uh, and then it just gets into like these hijinks sort of say uh that's probably something that i i well while i thought that it was fine for the level of hijinks that it was pursuing it also was a little bit distracting because um to some degree it was just a lot of fodder because there's even the point where they, they even go to, like, Canada, right? It's actually for a very sincere reason why they're going. But um, the hijinks that ensue after that is just like, I'm not really sure what's going on here. And then they get to the, the third uh, part where they, they have to go back to a certain place. And then they, they like, it really intervenes. Uh, I'm sorry, like, intersects about uh, what they're trying to do there. Um, and that's sweet. That's, that's heartwarming. 
But I think there's just a lot of things that you know, that are in between that. This movie is not very long either, right? It was 89 minutes with credits. Yeah, so it's not it's not very it's, long. It actually ends like right around the hour 20 mark too, so it's yeah. it's it's breezy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful color girl. Um, but uh, for the most part, it's it's like I I just thought that there was um some maneuverability that they used that they probably needed to do to fill up some time, but also it kind of distracts from the it's an episodic movie i mean i i yeah. know i know that like it it, because kinda, I was, it goes right. in and out of certain ideas thinking, like, right and would this work as like a miniseries like maybe uh maybe like a like not even like a like an it just it, would it work as like a tv show type thing uh, see maybe, my default but, isn't going to be like everything needs to be a tv show it's like it, no it, i understand, it is what it is. I understand. <laughs> but, but I, just in terms of like the hijinks that they pursue but overall like i, I did i did find it Again, when they get to the faith stuff um, and how seriously Seth took it, uh, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Also, shout out to Tim Tim uh, Robinson for having a great argument in court. <laughs> oh my God, that was, that was so great! <laughs> I love how he. I guess that he knew what the defense was gonna do, so he brought he blew up his own billboard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. That's how lawyers work. You gotta show your stuff. <laughs> Great argument. <laughs> That's the kind of thing where the movie has such a heightened universe where it's like, there are ways, that the, there are obvious ways that this doesn't make any sense is why there's a court case going on right now and how to prove things otherwise, but that's not the movie we're watching. Yeah. As far as, like, nip, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, it's an episodic film. Like, it, it does kind of go in and out of ideas, and some of them could be blown up even bigger if they wanted to, but they don't really. Like, there's things that are just kind of dropped completely in favor of keeping some sense of story going like you said brad it's a pretty streamlined film like it, it moves pretty quickly and doesn't have a whole lot of runtime to kind of work with to get anywhere else so it, i mean i i both enjoyed and didn't enjoy that as far as well i do like this enough where it's like you could flesh some of this out at the same time it's like yeah i get it like there's not there's only so much you can really do with the pickle sure. man yeah brad any other uh thoughts specifically and where it comes up short or no, not really. I, I honestly, like, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I didn't really ha have, like, any no moment in the movie where I was like, oh, I don't like that or anything. I just, uh, you know, Rogan gives great dual performances. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, there. there's a, a fun enough supporting cast around them in these bit parts that, you know, various things up a bit. But, you know, it really is Rogan's movie. And I, I honestly think that this is among his best performances, oh, you know, yeah. right up, right up there with, you know, St um, Steve Jobs. Yes. Uh, and 50 -50. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's very good. Yeah, I, I was thinking that, too, a lot as far as what is, like, Rogan's best work. And, I mean, I, I don't need a number one necessarily, but, yeah, this is, like, top tier as far as him push, it's him clearly trying to push himself as a performer. Um, and, yeah, it just it stands out. It, it has it has this kind of heartfelt quality to it that I think aids in uh, making it be a very universally watchable film compared to something that's a little more specific. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I just had a thought. No, it oh, got away. No. It got away from me. <laughs> when it comes back, you just shout it out. Yeah, I will. Um, I do like that the, the movie like um, capitalizes on the whole pickle factor. Like, it's not just the fact that he's you know pickled, but that pickles yeah, keep that, coming into it. That's like his strong suit in life. <laughs> it's a, it's a major plot element. Um, <laughs> and they're and they're probably delicious. Also, that drone is very strong for me able to knock over that lid. 
I mean, a rat was able to get Paul Rudd out of, that was, out of time. So That was the scariest thing in, I've ever seen in my life. Just like when rats gang up on you. Like, oh, gosh. <laughs> it pulls right over right as that happens. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that said, I think we've talked sufficiently about American Pickle. When should people go and see this movie? I'll, remember, I'll remind people again, it's available currently on HBO Max. Would you guys put it at the the top of the max queue? Would you would you wait for it? What what would you think? Yeah, I think you know just sit back and give give it a watch. It's not like there's a lot of other options out there, and even if there were, I think this would be among you know the the better picks as far as new movies that are out there right now. It's uh, mm-hmm. charming, a lot of fun, very funny, and Seth Rogen's really good in it. Yeah, for the most part, I mean it 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 is where it is, and on our old scale, I would just say that it's an HBO type movie, so you don't necessarily have to. Watch it immediately, but I definitely agree with Brad. There's just nothing else to watch, so if you're gonna watch something, yeah, this is this is one to watch. Honestly, I I think even if we were in a theatrical situation, it's the kind of movie that I would want to champion for people to go see because, you know, there's a reason that it, it went to HBO Max instead of okay. sticking on Sony's um, theatrical schedule. You know, they I think Rogan even talked about how he had a meeting with Tom Rothman and he's like he's like I love this movie and like he even said it made him cry. He's like, but like. You, like, you know why we really can't like release it in theaters. You know, it's just not the kind of movie that, you know, studios push anymore in theaters because it's not going to make big yeah. money. So I mean, I if, think if, it, if Staten if it Island's was, not going to go to theaters, then yeah, an American Pickle's not going to make any money. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I would probably, I would probably tell people, I'd be like, you know, go support movies like this because like, I, you know, the, these mid budget, you know, studio comedies, like I, they're dying you know more and more all the time. And, I just feel like we're not going to see a lot more of them in theaters anymore, and they're all, a lot of them are going to go to streaming services. That's definitely a message I stand behind. I can get behind as well. I mean, I, I would to, to piggyback of what some of you, were, what Abe, you were saying. Um, I, I would argue that there are lots of options out there right now, and this is a good one. And yeah, I would say go for it because why not? It's 80 minutes. It's fun. It's and it's a nice breath in between, you know, heavier things. Um, so yeah, American Pickle. We're all fans. It's, it does its job. <laughs> <laughs> Get to brining. Get to brining, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's um, let's move on. Let's uh, let's get to some uh, out now feedback. Yeah, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/outnowpodcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us answers, and then they gave us a question this week that we'll have to answer as well. I'll start this one off, and Brad, feel free to throw in any answers you come up with as we go through these. What are your favorite films where an actor plays multiple characters? Todd Lehman, a friend of the show, writes Dr. Strangelove with Peter Sellers, Mary Poppins with Dick Van Dyke, The Great Dictator with Charlie Chaplin, and Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. That's a great call. Chris has, ooh, get to say legend again. Have to also add kind hearts and coronets with uh, Alec Guinness. Justin has Eddie Murphy for sure. So I just, I guess he means in general. Also Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future 2. Face Off would count here, right? Travolta and Cage. <laughs> Having just literally just watched Face Off like three days ago, yes, yes, it would. <laughs> um, Irene writes Dead Ringers with Jeremy Irons. Catherine has The Man in the Iron Mask with Leo DiCaprio. And Jeff writes There are so many, but I must speak up for Cloud Atlas. There you go. He's going with the true true. <laughs> That's the true true. I would add uh, Austin Powers. Yeah. Good call. Um, and I, this is a, I don't know about an obscure one, but some one that probably people wouldn't think of, but Ben Affleck playing himself and Holden McNeil and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I remember, uh, I think, like, I think Ebert's review of that movie, which he gave three stars to, he was a fan of Jane Silent Bob Strike, right? Yeah. He wrote about that specifically. It's like, <laughs> Ben Affleck shows up here and there, and he somehow, like, tracked this universe. Different way to throw out adaptation. Uh, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, Nick Cage. Cage, just killing it in that movie. That's good. Damn, that's a good pick. And this isn't necessarily, I mean, I guess it kind of fits the bill, even though technically he's not playing a different character, but just different versions of the same character. Uh, Brendan Fraser in Bedazzled. That's, right. a, that's a good call, too. I mean, he plays like seven different characters. Yeah. Um, different versions of himself, yeah. I guess because it didn't specifically come up. Uh, Eddie Murphy in The Nutty Professor, I do think that's a really great... And uh, Bowfinger, for that matter. I think those are really good oh, performances. Oh, yeah, Bowfinger. Man, Bowfinger. I, I think Kit Ramsey and Jif Ramsey are very funny, and I do think... I think the Sherman Clump character is really... It's, like, such a sweet character, and it's so offset by how awful Buddy Love is in that movie. So, no, Eddie Murphy's got... I mean, obviously, he's done plenty of those, but I, I do like those specific characters a lot. Right. All right. Good call. Uh, next question is, uh, what's your favorite character... What's your favorite film by characters trying to achieve the American dream? Todd has Lost in America. Mark Hoban has Avalon. Shalem has Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Justin writes The Grapes of Wrath, Far and Away, The Big Short, and Legends of the Fall. American I think, Dream. I think I would be remiss, uh, especially since there are some uh, Jewish ties, uh, to, if we didn't mention an American tale. Yes. Mm-hmm. And its sequel, Five Will Goes West. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Somewhere out there. Someone's <laughs> saying a prayer. Um, a uh, modern one that I can think of is the Social Network. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating look at that. Uh, that's a that's like a very cool modern call. Um, in some ways, I guess you could say The Godfather Part Two. Oh, of course, uh, easily, easily you could say Part Two. <laughs> right, but um, yeah, that that scene in uh, where he's being processed at Ellis Island, and then he just ends up singing in like the little cell by himself. Always, always touches my heart. It's just like Scarface when he's singing in that cell and he starts singing by himself. <laughs> also, I think uh, an underrated Coppola movie, uh, Tucker, the Man in His Dream. Yeah. Interesting. That has a young Christian Slater in that movie. Um, I, uh, you know, we, we talk about Will Smith dad scene a lot as far as like scenes that make you cry automatically. There's when he gets the job in pursuit of happiness that's another amazing Will Smith makes you cry scene where it's like he's been working towards this whole movie <laughs> and now he's sitting in that office and he's telling him you're going to get this job and he's like, oh, I'm going to hold back my tears yeah. with, his, with his big mustache and hair in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, become a, it's become an internet favorite meme. It's, it's a good scene. Yeah. Um, and I just want – I don't have, have you guys heard of the doc Speed Cubers about the Rubik's Cube? Yeah, I, P, uh, P, Peter Serena at Slash Film just talked about it on uh, Slash Film Daily. He watched it, and I've been meaning to check it out since it's only like 40 minutes long. Yeah, it's quite good. It's just a, it's a, yeah, it's a short doc about the competition known as speed cubing, where you solve Rubik's cubes really fast. And there's another mm-hmm. underlying story about friendship in there. That's it's quite good for you know a, a short doc. But I was thinking about every time I see Rubik's cubes, I do think about how good Will Smith is at Rubik's cubes in general. So I was thinking about that too. I think about <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness. I gotta uh, get on it. Yeah, it's a good one. I have, a, I have a comedian friend. Uh, his name is Robert Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I don't know if he still does it, um, but he would have a thing where in addition to doing his like normal routine is uh, he has a bit that he does while he solves a Rubik's Cube on stage during oh, nice. it. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 awesome. 
I'm going to see if I can find that on YouTube somewhere. It might be there, yeah. I don't know if there's a clip of it online. Yeah. All right, next question we have here. Favorite films about long-lost family members? Todd Lehman, out front of the show again, writes, Rain Man, and maybe it's a stretch, but Toy Story 2? Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that's how he, he said it when he was writing it, so I, I said it that way. <laughs> Justin has E.T., question mark. And I, I, I also understand this question mark, because E.T.? Not sure about I don't, I don't know where the long-lost family member is. <laughs> I mean, I guess that they're, they left Like his dad left for Earth. California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, get, I mean, E.T. is technically lost. I suppose. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, other long-lost... Yeah. The, the one, for some reason, that came up first is uh, Adam's Family. That's what... Uh, a, very, a very Brady sequel. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. E- even though it's a scheme. Yep. Um, the the Empire Strikes Back. There, yes, that's a good answer. <laughs> I mean, big plot twist. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was drinking water as you guys said, that, so that's why it's a delayed laugh. Um, okay. Uh, the next question is: What are your favorite films about immigrants? Jeff has immigrant, refuge, uh, illegal. I think he means refugee. Refugee, illegal, alien. I don't know why he put all these periods there. And then he writes... No, he, he, he wrote... All, yeah, he, he had all those words, and he had a gif of Superman. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, Jeff also writes Godfather, Lord of War, Jupiter Ascending, Mi Familia, and Mean Girls. And lastly, Justin has Young Guns? Uh, sure, Young Guns. Lots of Thanks questions. Lot. Lots of questions. Be confident in your answers, guys. I, I say that all the time. You know, stop asking. <laughs> Like E.T. I get, because that's weird. But, I, I mean, the rest of them are all good. <laughs> I'm still stuck on Long Lost Family. I feel like there's more Long Lost Family member movies that I'm, like, not thinking of. Oh, there of. definitely are. Yeah. Um, immigrant movies. Aquaman. Uh, Aqu- yeah, Aqu- Aquaman, exactly. No, no, for the Long Lost Family members. <laughs> that, okay, well, I think it applies to both, but yes, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, great movie. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah, um, yeah, no, those are good. Okay. Yeah, that one Budweiser commercial for the Super Bowl that made everybody upset. What's up? <laughs> Famously controversial, that commercial. Exactly, that one. <laughs> uh, all, right. Uh, all right, now we have a question here. It's from Justin, who found the appropriate space to ask a question. Um, have you ever watched a movie and been like, that seemed like it would have been super fun to have been on that set? Because of the actors involved or because, like, the movie? Either way, I'd imagine. Because just you're thinking, this must have been really fun to film. Yeah, because I would imagine, like, the Ocean series would be really fun to film because that just seems like a cool crew. It, dude, that's so funny because I was going to say specifically Ocean's 12. <laughs> that seems oh, like nice. that was probably yeah. just, I just fun to I be I just watched, like, all of them on this, like, Thursday and Friday. Because they're, they're super breezy places. and fun. So. Yeah. Um what other set would have been fun? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, a movie. Well, probably any uh, any Brett Ratner set. Really, always. Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I feel like th- This is the End would have been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That's like, in that, like, in the party scene. Like, we're yeah. just like, let's just have everybody here. <laughs> yeah. What do, like, I, I guess, like, Scott Pilgrim looks like it would have been fun, just because I think that um, everybody there, but also the director, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. He's a, he's a, he seems like a cool dude. That movie turns 10 years old this week. Wow. Um, Edgar Wright is one of the nicest filmmakers in the industry. Yeah, that helps. Yes. 
That seems to track with everything I've read, but I'm glad to confirm it. Uh, let's see, just movies that seem like they're fun to be on the set for. Every Michael I mean, Bay movie. Yeah, any any Appetite movie. I can first say with firsthand uh, knowledge and experience that being on a Michael Bay set is an experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a set visit for Transformers. I recall uh, the last night. <laughs> yeah. And man, that was uh, great because we got to see Michael Bay get mad at his crew. Um, and there was explosions nearby, and man, it was it was very very cool. Even though that movie was terrible, <laughs> I will never forget being on the set of that movie. How, how long was your set walk? Uh, we were we were there for, gosh, we got there in the morning. And we, we were there until like the the late afternoon. We were there for a good seven or eight hours. Oh wow! So yeah, so it was like that's a great like full day of just yeah like, and michael bay is super intense yeah and they, they didn't bring us in when they were doing like small stuff either like it was like a, a big action scene with ex- explosions and debris going everywhere and oh a real my, change my, of pace my, for him <laughs> and michael bay was all over the place and like the one of the big things they were doing when there was like explosion michael bay was just right in there with a camera in his hands and just like getting on the ground and just he's he's intense and he is he is dedicated to his craft oh yeah. for sure yeah i mean I don't know the guy. I was I was talking about this the other day, I think with Brandon, uh, where like I I'm sure that he, like when he's not filming, he's probably fun to be around. <laughs> like when he's not like on set, <laughs> when he's like in that rare moment where he's in between projects, and he just kind of he could probably be just like a really chill guy. <laughs> I can I imagine. I that. just remember like that. There's like a Bill Hader story that he's he's told um, when he's when he was um, first coming on SNL and became a little more lightweight famous. He was over at the Playboy Mansion and he. Walked up to Michael Bay and they were just chit chatting, uh, and then he's like, "Who are you?" Like Bill says, Bill says that to Michael, uh, and then Michael's like, "Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you know this face, recognizable yeah. director <laughs> Michael Bay." <laughs> and because Bill Hader told it, I know that it's probably true. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. I think that answers Justin's question. <laughs> yeah, we nailed it. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, well, with that out of the way, that was feedback. Feedback, feedback. Good set of feedback, by the way. We appreciate all the listeners' questions and answers, always, of course. Um, all right, so with all that said, Abe, what um, what time is it? Do you have your xylophone ready? I did all that stalling so you wouldn't have to ask me this question. Okay, because I was like, we haven't played games in a while, but uh, it's time for games, Aaron. That's actually the sound and the music that plays when Seth Rogen falls into the vat of pickles. <laughs> yeah, it's really awkward in the rats. Yeah, like, no, it's actually very like sweet. Again, it, it stays it stays on brand. It's like a pickle lullaby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple games for you guys this week. Um, the first one is uh, who tweeted. This is where it's Seth Rogen focused, but uh, I'm gonna read you guys some tweets, and if you want to take a guess as to whether Bradford. Aaron or even Ben tweeted it. <laughs> your name and uh, and uh, tell me who. Remind so, us. First, first. Hold on, to, just to read to, re- to recall for listeners. Sure. Ben Conowitz is a friend of the show. He's been on several times. He and Brad. Do you still do you still do the uh, Go Flicks Yourself podcast? We do. We we've been rather inconsistent with it lately. It's Ben's work schedule has been pretty nuts. And like even though the pandemic has given us all sorts of time to do it, it's. Somehow it's actually harder to wrangle people because we've been uh, we did a couple episodes remotely and it's just 
it's hard to nail people down because mm-hmm. everyone else is trying, you know, also trying to stay distracted. And also it can be kind of difficult to get people who have like the right computer setup and like a, a decent enough mic to record. So it doesn't sound like absolute garbage. <laughs> um, so, so we're trying, uh, we've, like I said, we've done a couple um, remotely and we, we, we definitely will still keep doing it, but it's, it's been very inconsistent. Cool. Cool. Well, you know, Abe and I are here. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Love games. Uh, yeah. First, first tweet. First Green Hornet trailer is strange. I like the style of action, but Rogan just doesn't feel quite right. Aaron. I'm, Aaron. I'm gonna say Brad wrote this tweet. That is that is a Bradford tweet. Wow, this is, <laughs> man, you really dug into the history. I know, right? Because that's like a that's what 2010. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the next one here. Superbad is on TV. I'm watching a scene that presents David Krumholtz and Martin Starr as badasses that want to fight. Aaron. Aaron. Is that me? That is that is an Aaron quote. Right. <laughs> Man, Superbad on TV is atrocious, by the way. I had I had it on in the background one time, and it is just a waste. A waste of a of movie. <laughs> I agree. There's like, too much good R-ratedness that gets cut away. But it's really quick. It's only like 14 minutes when you watch it on TV. So. <laughs> uh, next one here. I don't have any real or I don't have any real hot takes on The Lion King, but Rafiki looks old. And I chuckled at Seth Rogen being second build. Um, Brad. Brad. I'm, I think that's Aaron. That is an Aaron quote. Yeah, that sounds like me. Or an Aaron. <laughs> it is funny that he's second build in that movie. <laughs> uh, next one here. Longshot is a hilarious, outstanding co- romantic comedy. There's nothing Charlie Theron can't do, and Seth Rogen is more charming than ever. Plus, the soundtrack is full of some great throwback jams. Definitely go out of your way to see it. Brad. Brad. It's me, Brad. That is you. <laughs> uh, the next one here. The end of Sausage Party is one of the wildest, dirtiest things you've ever seen in an R-rated movie. Brad. Brad. It's Brad. That, that is Brad, yes. <laughs> uh, next one here. Seth Rogen showed up as Wolverine for WonderCon. Danny McBride and Craig Robinson chose not to. Aaron. Aaron. Is that me? It is an Aaron tweet. <laughs> uh, next one here. In a response to a question at the Preacher panel, Seth Rogen jokingly announced he was replacing Dominic Cooper and renaming the show Rabbi. Aaron. Aaron. I was at that panel, so it had to be me. That's definitely (laughs) you. (laughs) Uh, Next one here. My pick for the new Ghostbusters team would be Seth Rogen, Bill Hader, Donald Glover, and Emma Stone. Brad. Brad. That's me. That is Brad. Uh, Next one here. I never watched Jimmy Kimmel, but Michael Gondry is guest directing the episode... And has injected more style here than the Green Hornet movie. Aaron. Aaron. Is that me? That is you. Okay. <laughs> so I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel. That was my logic. Uh, Monsters vs. Aliens. Nothing spectacular. Fantastic animation. Great 3D. But clever writing just isn't there. Seth Rogen steals the show. Brad. Brad. Is it me? That is you. Wow. I like Monsters vs. Aliens, so that's why I like. It's probably not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I, I liked parts of it, but I just felt like it was missing something. I, I, it's not like I've watched it again. I agree, but I do, re, I do remember the 3D was actually pretty impressive in that movie. I yes, feel like it was. It, it yeah. like used the scale to its advantage on that one. And last one here, uh, a restaurant called the Pickle and Turnip just started following me. Four days of healthy eating, and vegetables are already stocking me. Brad. Brad. I think it's Ben. 
That is Ben. <laughs> I was gonna, it's like, there's got to be a Ben going in here somewhere. <laughs> and that makes you the winner because you guys were tied. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Uh, the next game here is Box Office Showdown. This is where I'm going to read you guys two Seth Rogen movies. Okay. And if you could buzz in when, which, for which one you think made more money in the box office, U.S. domestic only, um, at the time of its release uh, through like a year-long run or however long okay, they started so, so no re-releases for, uh, <laughs> for, for what? <laughs> for Donnie Darko? Exactly. We're not counting those? <laughs> um, but... Um, the fun thing here is if you get it wrong, your opponent probably is going to get it right, unless they did, they weren't listening. Um, so, again, two movies. Tell me which one made more money at the box office, U.S. domestic, not adjusted for inflation. Uh, Kung Fu Panda versus Kung Fu Panda 2. Aaron. Aaron. I'll say Kung Fu Panda. That is correct. It actually made a lot more. 215 versus 165. I think the global increased for two, but anyway. Uh, the next one here. 50-50 or The Guilt Trip? Brad. Brad. 50-50. That is incorrect. Yeah, Shit! Guilt, guilt Trip got that Christmas money. Or the Hanukkah <laughs> money, I guess would yeah. be more appropriate. I remember, <laughs> I remember being so disappointed in that movie, because the, the prospect of having Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand in the same movie was, like, great. But By the way, a great mid-credits thinger in, in, Amer- in American Pickle. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That almost like directly relates to the guilt trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the totals there were thirty-seven million to thirty-five million. So again, very close there. I want to I want to see the phone call where Seth Rogen calls someone and asks, "Did you see the movie? Did you see that part?" And what that reaction <laughs> would be. <laughs> uh, the next one here, Pineapple Express versus The Green Hornet. Aaron. Ooh, I heard Aaron first. Damn. Pineapple Express. That is incorrect. <laughs> Oh, really? Green, Green Hornet. Green Hornet, 98 million versus 87 million for Pineapple Express. Wow, I thought Pineapple Express did better domestic. Good job, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one here. The 40-Year-Old Virgin versus Superbad. Brad. Brad. 40-Year-Old Virgin. That is incorrect. What? Wow, Superbad. Really? Wow. Uh, the totals were 121 for Superbad, 109 for the 40-Year-Old Virgin. Wow, I, th- I thought 40-Year-Old Virgin was, did better than Superbad. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, the next one here. Shrek the Third versus The Lion King. Aaron. Which Lion King? Uh, the the Donald Glover Lion King. Aaron. Aaron. The Lion King. Yes, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, Shrek, like half a billion third. dollars. Shrek the Shrek Third, third sucked so much. To be fair, both Lion Kings made more than the <laughs> Shrek the Third. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two more. Funny People versus The Night Before. Brad. Brad. Funny People. Funny People is correct. Uh, last one. What, what are the totals on those? I'm just curious. Uh, Funny People, fifty-two million. The Night Before, forty-three million. Mm. Wow, I wouldn't expect The Night Before to do that well. It came out oh, yeah. too early. That was the problem with that movie. Like it, it came out like early November. It should have been November. like. It should have been like a Thanksgiving release, and then everybody could have like cashed in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, great Michael Shannon performance. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, he's right. uh, last one here. What, so uh, real quick, I'm sorry. I watched the uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead the other day with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke. I forget. This is great opening. Great. Yeah, this is, but the rest of that movie is fantastic. But 
Yeah, that's 2007, so that's before Michael Shannon, like, breaks out and he gets his Oscar nomination for Revolutionary Road. But he's in that movie playing a very Michael Shannon character, and I'm like, this is amazing. He's so good at this. <laughs> I <laughs> completely the movie I where he's, like, a shoemaker? What? Have you seen the movie where he's a shoemaker? The Michael Shannon movie? Where I think shoemaker? it's called The Shoemaker. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Michael Shannon movie. I have not seen the Michael Shannon. Where is he a shoemaker? I've never, I've never even heard of that I don't movie. Know I think it's movie. on Netflix. Where he's a shoemaker? Yeah. Uh, hold you on. Keep, you keep, yeah. <laughs> Let's not podcast for this. <laughs> Shannon. Like, I know The Cobbler with Adam Sandler. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe it's not The Shoemaker. I forget what it's my Michael Shannon movie. It's not that Christmas movie, is it? Yeah, I think it is a Christmas movie. That, he's not that, a shoemaker in it. Like, isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that Pottersville? Is that what it's called? That's Pottersville, yeah. Is it Pottersville? He's okay. a, he owns like a general store. Yes, yeah, 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 that one. Okay, yeah. No, There's I've seen that movie. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, last one. This is The End versus Neighbors. Brad. Brad. Neighbors. That is correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 50, 150 million versus 101 million. Uh, with that, that was a tight race. Brad, you came in uh, just one point shy, but uh, uh, you're the winner of that of that uh, box office showdown. Yay! <laughs> and that was games. Thank you, Abe. Thank you for those games. It's fun to play games. I miss games. Uh, yeah, same here. I Have you guys been playing time. a lot of video games in quarantine? I I have. I I uh, well, I, I did Last of Us two because I needed a you know a fun comedy game. <laughs> and um, now I'm I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now, and it's it's very transfixing. It, 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 <laughs> it's nice. Gotcha. You you've been you've been gaming it up. Yeah, early, early on, uh, me and a bunch of my friends who were kind of scattered around various parts of the country uh, started playing Call of Duty Warzone, and then ah. we we liked doing that so much that everyone ended up buying the full game so that we could do multiplayer stuff. And so like, I've got a friend in California and um, one in Illinois and some here in Indiana who live a little bit further away that we don't see them super often. So sometimes we'll just hop on and there'll be like six or seven of us just playing and being in the same chat party. It's It's been fun. Cool. Nice. I've been getting back into Grand Theft Auto V too because uh, ever since they announced that they're going to do like an upgraded version of the game for PlayStation 5, they're giving all... GTA players a million dollars each month until that version okay. of, the game, of the game comes out. So as long as you log in once a month, you get a million dollars every month, and it's yeah. it, it's been so much fun to just buy you know things that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to afford without spending hours or days of playing the game. I was just saying, like, how, much, never, how fast do you blow through a million in that game? It depends. On, I mean, if if you're buying bigger stuff, then uh, pretty quickly. Like I'm I'm at the point where I'm I'm saving up stuff um money to buy stuff because like i want to get the flying car that's basically like a, a, g- a generic version of the delorean uh-huh. but in order in order to and then there's like um there's a, f- a flying bike that you get but if you want to equip it with missiles you have to get this um terabyte center and then you have to like upgrade it to like a, a weapons workshop and so it takes it still takes some <laughs> time but way less time than if i were actually playing the game now are See, you talking about a, a bicycle or a motorcycle it, it's a um, it's like a it's a flying bike. It's, it's like um it's it's almost like a jet moto bike. Like like the Simpsons <laughs> oh, episode wow. the professor okay. has it in, in Shelbyville. Yeah, yeah, kind of like just that, like but... yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, had it's... your chance. <laughs> I um 
God, I haven't. Pl- I I never got into the multiplayer for GTA, and so like every time I see updates, I'm like, this feels like a whole other world that I just do it, not no, know about. It is it is insane how in yeah. depth it is. There's so much stuff you can do, and like I actually had to talk to one of my friends who has been playing uh, consistently for a while. And uh, when I bought the game for PS4, I I got it with the Criminal Enterprise starter pack, and I had to have him walk through what I need to do to set it all up and, and get everything going. So yeah, it can, it can be complicated to, to get into, but once you're in playing online, it's really fun. It's just a big open world of chaos. <laughs> a big open world of chaos is what they should write on the box title. I think that's a slogan for 2020. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this has been Brad's gaming guide, our favorite segment <laughs> on the lead part of the show. That's our, that's our new favorite segment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with that said, sadly, that's where things are going to have to end. This is, Going to do it for this week's episode about Now, Theron, and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeisique.com. Everything I do ends up over there. But I do write written reviews at weliveentertainment.com, and I write up some Criterions and Blu-rays over at blue.com. I'm also on Twitter at PS 4 Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mua, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag, I'm sorry, did you say 90 cents per cucumber? Brad Oman, where can people find more of you online? Uh, on Twitter at Ethan underscore Anderson, always writing at SlashFilm.com about movies and TV. Uh, we also have a podcast over there um, that's been pretty much every other weekday. We, we've narrowed it down to three days a week since the news hasn't been all that thrilling for the past few months. Um, so, yeah, Slash Film Daily a few days each week. Uh, and then also I have my own podcast, Go Flix Yourself. Uh, that's available on iTunes and some other podcasting platforms. We will have new episodes uh, sometime, but, but so, so stick with us. <laughs> Nice. Yay. Well, Brad, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Yeah, it's always fun to come back on here. For sure. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. When there is trap set up for you in every corner of this town. And so you learn the only way to go is underground when there's a trap set up for you in every corner of your room and so you learn the only way to go is through the I don't think i've seen this trailer if you had to guess what do you, how do you think it would start uh like old time black and white like the way that the movie starts and narration so what do you think he would say it, do uh, your best herschel i am an american pickle <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I can't remember the like the city that they live in but like it's, it's like stetzel slop slop slept there Schlops. this is I can't do it. No, no, no. You got to come on. Herschel Krasnowski? Try a sentence. He would have been like, uh, my name is Herschel. I live in Schlapst.
I this, am. Uh, <laughs> this is my wife. <laughs> Great success. <laughs> you, you had it going for a bit there. I was happy with it. And then it just like flash forwards to like present day with like young or like uh, third generation Seth Rogen. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Okay. That's my one second Rogen. Um, obviously, I can't do it because I'm Jewish and it would be offensive. Uh, all right. So let's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 